So in these episodes, we've been talking about common challenges that we had on the field. And we're, it still sort of fits into the whole confessions, which is sort of telling our story. And that's what we're trying to add in these podcasts is not so much direct teaching or guidelines as more of how did we deal with this? How did we work through this? And we have found that people have appreciated hearing some of our stories. So the topic we want to talk about today is um, we'd already mentioned loneliness and friendships, but there was a particular challenge that we dealt with throughout our entire time overseas, and that was um, dealing with coworkers and friends who leave. And when we say leave, either move to another city or have to return to their home country. Yes. And tell me what that was like, Vicki. Well, I think probably it was, this was a greater issue for me than it was for you. I I felt it. I felt it. You felt it, but I I think that it, it hit me in a deeper place often because so much of my life was, was revolved around home and the kids and their schooling and just friends. And and, and my friends could, and right. the emotional support system um, that I had built there. And, of course, my my kids, too. So watching my kids when their friends would leave was probably as or more painful than when my own friends would leave. Yeah, and we're hoping I to think. invite maybe yeah, our, our kids. Our daughter, and, yeah. Yeah, we have two daughters to come in and talk about that. But... We're not, we're not going to talk about the kids part today. We're going to try to talk about how we dealt with it. I think the first the first bit of loneliness that was incredibly difficult for me, we've talked some about it, was when we first got there. And one of the, our first Christmas there, I just remember that that was this incredibly lonely time because the country where we were <laughs> didn't that? celebrate Christmas. So there's, there's there's none of the trappings of Christmas whatsoever, and of course we're not we don't have any family, and no one invited well, us. We or, had a few we had a few lonely Christmases. I remember when other when some of our closest friends went home, went back to the U.S. for Christmas, and there we were having to figure it out. But what did we do? The first was that the, the one where we drove over to Pizza Hut because they had. They had some snow spray painted in the window, and that was the only little vestige of anything yes. that reminded us. And we us. ate a pizza thinking this is at least not kebabs, you know. We, we not, not local, yes. So, <laughs> <laughs> What a Christmas. That was quite the Christmas. Um, and then I do remember the next year rolling around and coming toward the holidays, and I'm thinking about, okay, I last year I just remember this – Sad, lonely. We're sitting in this freezing cold apartment. Forgotten. Yeah, and- forgotten. And, <laughs> and we knew what was going on back here, which had been going on since the first day after Thanksgiving. Exactly. So what we ended up doing is I thought, okay, you know, I it's given that I am going to be sad, lonely, and pathetic on holidays. So I think that at least I can make the holidays special for someone else. So I mean I'm doomed to sadness and loneliness, but but at least I Make can. It, we, yes, we made new memories. Is what we right. started doing. Well, I remember specifically saying, okay, who can I invite over? So I had um, a bunch of friends 
well, several, two to four friends who had nowhere to go and inviting them over and saying, okay, so I started planning before, how can I make this special for this particular person? And started thinking of each of the individuals who were coming. Mm. And what ended up happening was in the planning of that and the seeking to bring joy to others, I actually found joy. And I think that's it. That's just the spiritual principle is in serving there, there is something about giving out and serving another that brings, that helps when you're feeling lonely. So holidays came up because we remembered when some close friends, you know, left how hard those holidays were and you you feel it more then. But in general, it just seems that it is a very common thing to go overseas. And as we said earlier in a podcast, you don't get to pick a lot of friends. And so you're going to have fewer friends and some of them are going to you're going to cling to them tight more tightly because you have fewer of them so well, that your when, lives are more involved yes with them. you don't have as many and so when they do leave the hole is deeper and you feel it more so we remember times of just sitting there um well we felt it before we even had kids obviously when you have kids there is more weeping and more sadness and when your kids are sad Yes, well, I You're just sad. they are. It, it, that is so hard to watch them, but I think there is an element of understanding that I don't know. It is God is sovereign over these things, and yeah. He is going to have to meet our kids as well in these times of loneliness. There were so many times over the years when someone would leave. In in fact, there was one time when seven families within the city where we lived all moved the same spring. Yeah, that's right. And it was all of my kids, almost every one of my kids' friends. Closest friends, right. Their closest friends. It was all their closest friends. And it was all of my closest friends um, that all moved and... It was just stunning to realize that when when we started hearing people telling us, "Yes, we're moving, we're moving," and and we were, I was just thinking, "What is, what's going to be left? What is life going to look like?" Because these are the people that we've done school projects with. These mm-hmm. are the people that we've done holidays with. These are the people we've worked with in some cases, gone right. to church with. Um, this I, is, it, it was just. This is such a common struggle on the field when we talk to so many people is so what did you do when you know there's only six people on your team and four of them leave or sometimes they're on a furlough for six months or a year so here you are doing life with them working with them and you're very tight now it's necessarily you're tight simply because you they are your closest friend it may be because they are your Coworker, So there's just a tighter group. And, you know, I tell people, you know, when the astronauts went to space and there's three of them in, the, if one of them gets sick, you know, the other two feel it 
feel a huge effect. And that's what it's like is you have less friends. And therefore, when one of them is not there, it can be so hard. And the reason this is so funny is I know when we left, we came back after a year. We we didn't take enough stuff with us. and We came back for a visit. Yeah, we came back for a visit the next summer. And I remember there were actually people in our church that, that was of a certain size that they, some people said, hey, you guys moved somewhere. And I thought, okay, they hadn't even noticed that we were gone in a year. But that's the that's what America's like when you have a church that is big and you have the variety of so many different friends. But when you're on the field, you feel it so deeply. So I would say of the some of the lessons, the things that God taught me during all of that, um, he taught me that I would look at a situation and say, okay, uh, my kids are teenagers and their closest teenage friends have just moved away. It's not like God could ever provide a teenager to move into the city. To replace them. To replace them. That's not going to happen. So we're Mm -hmm. just going to be in loneliness forever. (laughs) And, and I, he, he kept just, you know, trust me. Trust me. And we didn't make a decision so quick. That was a, a common theme we had is we would sit and pray and say, let us see how God is going to provide. Let us see what God will do. And there was times of loneliness. Sometimes he provided for me and for my kids the ability to the, the being sustained in loneliness. For X number of months, months or a year. Yes. And years. maybe you had to help others during that time. Maybe it was a time when you had to... Had to focus on other people and mm-hmm. do some other things and, and learning that. Then with that situation when they were teenagers, I remember a a couple of families moved from another city within our country to the city where we were living. And there are teenagers who were adjusted to living there, loved living um, within this country, and all of a sudden, my kids have new friends, and I was stunned yeah. that God brought those people. They didn't replace the old ones in a sense; they could no, they not completely, but they were new, and you you learned to adapt. I mean, there was God did provide, and yeah. that's what that I guess the what I wanted to get across in this podcast is that God did sustain us. That time when we were talking about the seven families, when they all left, one of the things that I felt like the Lord wanted me to do was to do well in sending them off, to focus on them as they were leaving and their transition and to serve them and to make their transitions um, the last few weeks and months of them being within the country to make that meaningful. Yeah. Not about me. Right. But about them and what they might need to transition well to their next thing, being excited for them as they moved into the next phase. And I learned to farewell people. Mm. Um, and that that also kept the focus off of me. Now I when someone would tell me they were leaving, I would, you know, usually have a good cry. But what I found year after year after year is either God sustained me, yeah, yeah. he gave me strength to make it through. I feel like he walks closer 
he he has a special heart toward those who are lonely and who are I don't know, crushed, the the crushed in spirit. He's near to the brokenhearted and the crushed in spirit. And that was what I felt like when I was in those times of loneliness and when my kids were and trusting that he was in charge of all of this. Sometimes he didn't solve it as quickly. <laughs> I, I can remember there were, you know, a month and two months and three months and we're, you know, we're, we're moving into the holidays or whatever. And or was, 10 months or yeah, t- a year Lord, or two. Where are you? And what are we going to do? And like Vicki said, you know, we actually met a family who had kids the same age and they lived in a different city. So we started making efforts to make trips up there and they made trips down to us. And um, maybe we made a trip to go visit my some family in another country that we normally wouldn't have taken. So we... We had the the freedom, but also, once again, the initiative to say, you know, we can't just sit in this. We can't just say, woe is us. I guess this isn't going to work. Now, we will say that those who move to smaller towns, very pioneer places that don't have enough of a friendship infrastructure with enough friends, that sometimes isn't sustainable. Especially when their kids have no believing friends whatsoever. Right. If there's three families that move out there and two end up having to leave, that family that is there alone, that is a very serious situation. Um, We have seen where a family moves and maybe a single or two families and a single, and then that single is finding this is not sustainable because what a single guy or gal needs and what a family needs is very different and how their needs can be met in that environment. So we were in a city of a good enough size so that we weren't completely isolated. No, it's we just, were not isolated. It's just, you know, our 14-year-old had was building friendships with a 17-year-old or a 13-year-old. It wasn't the ideal, but the Lord was providing but we just had to get creative. Yes, and I would even say that if you're in a completely isolated situation or your kids are isolated, maybe you have someone, but your kids have no one, make that a matter of prayer that God either brings people for your, friends for your kids, or you consider whether you need to stay in that situation. Because the long-term effects um, on some of the children that we know that were kept in isolated situations Mm. um, was great. And I think you need to really, really prayerfully consider that. Right. So there, obviously, the balance between, you know, you have to have grit at times and and not just panic and, and pull up quickly. But, you know, with the Internet today and programs like WhatsApp and Zoom. I mean, we've learned during this the year where we've been isolated and I've been stuck in the house for weeks. We've learned to schedule times with video conferencing with a couple and just talk about our lives and pray together. So those tools are there now. Um, We have actually encouraged, I remember there was a single 
girl way up in a jungle area and, and, you know, and she only got out once a month to see some people. And I said, do you think this is sustainable? And she said, no, I'm learning that it is getting harder. And sometimes we forget our humanity. That's just a common thing that sometimes we over-spiritualize it and we forget that we're not like these local people. These local people have are, have grown up in this little bit well, of Well, they village. have their friends. They have their family yes, nearby. They, right. This is not... Or the way they do entertainment. I mean, they don't, they're not looking for a jog or a hiking or biking or the mountains, okay? And so sometimes we forget our humanity. And so we've often encouraged people, you're going to need to take more trips out of that place. You're going to need to, to make, take a, steps to, to find ways to creatively meet those needs if this is going to be sustainable. So we didn't just sit there and go, Lord, um, we're looking for that ideal family. And if we don't have that family, I guess we're just going to be, you know, doomed. We, we did get creative and, and we're thankful that we were in a place where there were at least other people and families, maybe not, you know, we, our kids are like, but those aren't my best friends or those are my best friends and God will never replace them. And you say, no, I know, I know, but. But God, God did provide. He met us. He did. I, he did meet us. And there are lots and lots of resources for um, third culture kids, TCKs, out there and for parents of third culture kids of how to help in these situations. Some I'm hopefully going to have um, one or both of my daughters on for an interview sometime about some of these things and how what helped them cope. But there are things that can help. There's a lot of information out there that didn't used to be. And I would encourage you to find, look that up, just third culture kids. Um, Google that and you will find so many resources um, that can help you in these kinds of transitions. I think we mentioned in an earlier podcast that there was if I was handling whatever the situation was, it doesn't mean in a certain way, it doesn't mean Vicky, you have to be able to handle this. And I think we had to be able to give each other grace. And so if you have two children and one is thriving more in this particular situation, we must understand, if you've had children very long, you understand each one is different. And so you have to say, you know, this one needs more of this. And so we're going to find that. Mm-hmm. Um, and not just say, oh, we can all suck up and just be like dad. No, that's not. I, you know, you can try that, but um, I <laughs> I cool. can tell you some of the things that, that may end up happening as a result. <laughs> that's right. May that's or right. may not. That's right. Um, I mean, we even, one of our solutions when all of our kids' friends had moved, just moved away, not all of them. I mean, they had some of their local friends, but at that time, the majority of their friendships um their deepest friendships had just left. And we ended up getting a dog. We did. Which was something uh, we never. With a hamster, it started but... with a hamster. Oh, yeah. Boy. And then, you know, when I started talking guinea pigs, <laughs> that's when David capitulated no, and said, yeah. let's get a dog. But the, the joy that that dog and mm. caring for that dog yeah. brought to our kids yes. when they their friends had moved away. That was a solution. That was a that helpful was a part. Helpful yeah. part. You know, we've talked about loneliness. Um, I think Vicky, you could speak on this. We touched on it earlier, but just before we drop this topic of you know, as friends leave, or you know, friends mean something from home, or 
familiarity. How did being able to understand the language and the culture and appreciate where you were living help you during that time? In other words, if you didn't have that, how would that have affected when friends leave? Well, I don't. You know, there was an element where that country became hmm. so familiar to me. So my life there, um, being able to speak to people, I did have local friends. Um, most of my local friends did not know Christ, so there was there wasn't that that depth of relationship mm-hmm. that I had mm-hmm. with believing friends. But I don't know how I I would have been utterly and completely isolated had I not learned the language, had I not learned to enjoy. Cook the the food. I mean, we had the changing of seasons with the vegetables and fruits and the flowers that were blooming and Well, just enjoying and making my home there and learning to enjoy. I did pick up, we as a family actually, picked up a lot of local um cultural things that are still a part of our life um, that we really, really enjoyed. So learning to enjoy and right. value that was helpful in those times of loneliness. I guess that's part of the familiarity. Ident- yeah, the identity. You know, was I just a foreigner in a foreign country? Well, then when my close friends left, I, I, it would have been even harder. But when we were able to say it's spring, um, the flowers and the mountains must be good or the hills. Let's go for hikes. Hey, it's fall. Let's take a picnic out and see some fall leaves. Hey, the strawberries are, the season is here and the kids would look forward to it. I think I remember our connection with the local culture and its food and its culture and traveling. And friends. Actually really helped us so that we weren't just feeling like we were on the moon left. You know, no, no, there was that really helped us. Well, and some of the other things that we we actually took the time um, out from the other from our free time that we had on the weekends. We took the time to say, hey, they're they need someone to run a youth group for the teenagers. Mm-hmm. This is so valuable. We need this is this is a incredible opportunity and valuable use of our time to draw the foreign English speaking teenagers together. Mm -hmm. So we actually took the time out of our life to do that. We took the time out of our ministry to do that because it was so valuable. So that was also part of us adapting. Now there were times when we couldn't do that because we were too busy doing local church work or whatever, and we couldn't. But there were times when we we did. That's one of the adaptations we had to make um, because after we the knew. big move of the families. Our kids need this. And we learned that if the kids are thriving, then often mom is thriving. And when mom is thriving, dad can thrive. Mm-hmm. And they can both thrive. So there was a value to that ministry to the kids. Yeah. Well, and just for them personally, it wasn't just about us thriving. It was about all of us as a family thriving. Taking trips to enjoy the country, I remember, was something that we maybe we needed to 
stop and do more of that. When we had those times of loneliness, mm-hmm. we had to when enjoy people, the country. That's more. right. That's right. So when people say, well, you know, y'all stayed for all those years, I guess you just gritted it out and you committed and you promised to God or you signed some covenant. And the answer is no. And that's what we're trying to share in this is that it was constantly working out the problems. We do recommend watch this movie, The Martian, and just watch how he thought he fixed this and then he had this problem. And then once he solved that one, something else happened. And he was just, instead of panicking, he was just working the science and figuring it out. And it just so much reminded us that we never knew what we were going to tackle. And yet, it seemed that if we patiently look at our situation, pray, get creative, engine, go and try to start making, finding solutions. We, we, we just kept figuring them out and it was adapt and find solutions. Yep. So thanks for hanging out in this discussion today. Thanks for listening today. Our book, Mission Smart, 15 Critical Questions to Ask Before Launching Overseas, is available on Amazon in paperback or Kindle. Feel free to email us with your questions through our website, esionline.org. Remember to subscribe to our podcast to get more episodes as they're published.